So in the, the passage that those three read, uh, Luke 10, 1 through 12, Jesus is sending out the 12. This is relatively early in his ministry, um, probably about half the, half of the way through his, um, his three years. So about a year, a little bit more. And, and he's sending out these 72 people who had already said that they wanted to follow, and their job is to go out and kind of canvas the countryside, let people know that Jesus is coming to town. And I find it interesting that their instructions are not to go to the synagogues. It's not go to the religious places. It's go to the town and look for a person of peace. Look for someone who's going to invite you in, and from there, go to do your outreach or from there be inviting people in but the the idea is that you go where the people are it's not go to the good religious places even in Jesus' day and it's related to where we're going and where we've been heading um, throughout this this summer as we talk about the missional church what does it look like uh, to be followers of Jesus who believe that God is ascending God that God has a plan and he's sending out his church just like God sent the Holy Spirit, just like God sent Jesus, we too are sent. And so we go. But the world that we're going into is very different than the world that Jesus sent these 72 out in. One of the main things that we see in our society today is isolation. Isolation is a word that describes the kind of lives that many people are living. More and more people are spending less and less time with others. Because of our smartphones, because of social media, helps us to be less social. Because of all the conveniences. In, in Jesus' day, there was likely one bread baker in the town. Or, or everybody made their own bread, but there was one communal oven. Sometimes it was that, and everybody would go to the oven to bake their bread every day. Give us this day our daily bread. That's all you had was enough for today. There was no running water. There were no plumbers yet. So you would go, if you were fortunate enough to have you know, a well in town, you, you go to the well and you fill up your jugs a couple times a day. But you do that around people. It's not like us, where me and my townhouse... I can get up in the morning and I can turn on the faucet to get my water, to make my coffee. And when I go to work, I get in my four-person car by myself. I push the button, the garage door comes up. I drive out. I drive to work. I park. And then at the end, I do interact with people during my day. But at the end of the, end of the day, I go home one person in my four-person car, drive by myself, push the button, the garage door goes up, I pull in. I don't even have to go outside to get the mail. We, we've got a slot on the side of our garage where the mailman puts that. I don't even have to go to the street corner to get my mail. I don't have to interact with people. Carrie does the grocery shopping. You know, I don't even have to do that. We can live lives of isolation. And sociologists say that we are becoming less and less involved in each other's lives. 
there's this term called third places that we're going to be talking about tonight. Third places are represented by public places of common ground where people enjoy the company of others. Public place, common ground, you go there to be with people. So, to get you thinking along these lines, two questions. What examples of increased isolation do you see? If it's from your own life, how are things different from 10 years ago? About how much isolation you feel, how much you interact with people 10 years ago, 20 years ago. We'll start there. We'll get to the second question in a minute. You feel... <laughs> so slightly more isolated. Okay. So I Yes. Very communal. Did you like it? Fair enough. Are, are you more content now, living where you are? <laughs> I know, it's a dangerous question to ask in public. Good. Anyone else? 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Well, nowadays, um, people have their earbuds in. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not just my smartphone. It's my... It's, I'm getting away from everybody with my music. And I'm riding the bus, or I'm walking down the street, or I'm, in, I'm supposed to be studying... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that, that's a fantastic example. We had headphones back in the day, but... Do you remember what happened, you know, before there were portable headphones? Yeah, yeah. the boombox, the ghetto blaster, you know, and, and it was portable music. You could play your tunes wherever you wanted them, but you broadcast it. To everybody. And that was part of the idea, right? But then, early 80s, a Walkman. Anyone have a Walkman? Oh, yeah. And then the Walkman became a Discman. I, even, I, I had a friend who um, was sure that mini discs were going to be the next thing, so he didn't buy the CD. He bought you know, the, the one that actually had like a three and a half inch. It looked like a, one of the medium-sized floppy, that sort of thing. It never really took off, so I felt sorry for him. But, you know, so it went from, if you wanted to listen to the radio, 50 years ago, everyone had a radio, probably a TV too, but and even a little bit longer ago than that. Um, you would have this beautiful console radio, and that was the news that you got. And you listened to the news, and the one program that was on, maybe two, and everybody listened to it together. Or back in the day when there, you know, not every child had a television in their room. The family had a TV. And you would gather around and see the important things of the day. Now, how many of you have a smartphone? And you can watch programming on your individual personalized device that doesn't have to be the same thing as the person who's sitting very next to you. Isolation. Earbuds. My music, the way I want it, and 
in some ways that's really nice that I don't have to be listening to whatever John's listening to over there. Country? A little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. That means country. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, able to keep in touch with more people even though you're not actually interacting with them well, or ac- interacting with them face to face yeah I mean like mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that it's, I'm just saying that in some ways I feel like for instance the supervisor that I saw last night they were like one of them were like so what are you doing in your kitchen because we're seeing your pictures so and so then we you know we had something to cover as And sometimes that can actually lead to increased feelings of isolation. And and, th- and this is how you know yeah, how no, how it I works yeah, I because I have I have a, a good friend who I had the privilege of being the officiant at their wedding. Um, Mike and his wife just had triplets. She just went home from the hospital. The babies are in the, in the, the NICU for a little bit. And I know it. I know how Tiana's feeling. I know how Mike is doing. And I haven't talked to them. I haven't left my house. And so I, I feel like I have a connection, but deep down I know I haven't. I know information, but my life isn't really enriched by it. It's not enriched as as it would be have a, if I were to go to the hospital. You know, that, that life-on-life contact is really where we thrive. Even if you're an introvert, then you just do it one-on-one. You know, it doesn't have to be a large group. But, you know, we have this sense that I'm keeping up with people. I, we have the sense that I'm being social. But I don't have to talk to anybody, and I can do it in my house. And, and so there, there are people who are feeling increasingly isolated So, third places. Third places are public spaces of common ground where people enjoy the company of others. When you hear that definition, can you think of any third places? Your house, second and fourth Thursday. My house, second and fourth Thursday. That's that's where the, the men's Bible study meet. Good. As barista or former, Starbucks always refer to themselves as the third place. 
Starbucks wanted to be the third place. And it, was, it wasn't actually a place to gather and meet with those people. It was a place to get away from. You're not at home. You're not at work. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of let, let your life kind of stay outside the door mm -hmm. for a little bit while you studied or just read a book. Yeah, a, a place to be. And that's actually where the term third place comes from. There are three places in our lives. Home, work, and then this third place. And then Starbucks. That, that's, that's what Starbucks want, wants it to be. All of us need a home. We need a place to, to be. And that's often a place where we need to feel safe and secure. Um, if we have a job, if we have a second place, uh, that's a place where there's often structure imposed on us. There are things that we have to do. There are times when you have to start and you have to end. That's second place. Third place, you can just come and be. Leave the worries of the other places behind. So my house, Starbucks, any place else come to mind? I'll ask that question again in a little bit. So a lot of this comes from this book, The Great Good Place. The subtitle of the book is fun. Cafes, coffee shops, bookstores, bars, hair salons. You mentioned it in the beach uh, And other hangouts at the heart of a community. Um, is how we updated it in the second version. This is the book. It's available from your library for lunch. Hennepin County Library. I have it now. I think there's just one copy. But uh, in this book, from originally printed in 1989, this sociologist, Ray Oldenburg, wanted to figure out why are people interacting less and less with each other. I'm on chapter one. Um, sounds pretty interesting. And I agree with a lot of it. I don't know necessarily what to do with it. But I think it's good to know some of these things as we talk about how to be missional. In up until World War II, there were lots of third, third places all throughout culture. Uh, if you go back to the early Romans uh, and, and the Greeks, they had the agora, they had the marketplace, they had the forum. So you had the places to do your commerce. You had the places to interact there. You had the places to discuss and have good discussions where you know you, you could go and people would, would know you. In the 80s, there was such a longing for this. NBC came up with cheers. And when the heavyset man walks through the door, everybody yells, no. Do you remember the tagline for cheers? Where everybody knows your name. Isn't that something that we all long for? There, 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 there's something about wanting to be known and have that place where you don't have the, the pressures of work, you don't have the, the pressures of home. There's this other place where we can just be. And it's this sort of thing that sociologists call the third place. Um, and th these are the characteristics that Ray Oldenburg pulled out. Eight characteristics that third places share. 
First of all, it's neutral ground. People are free to come and go as they please. No time requirements or invitations are needed. You can just show up. Much of our lives in first places and second places are structured, but not so in third places. There's the idea that third places act as a leveler. You can have people from high class to low class, but in these sorts of places, like a Cheers, you can have a Dr. Fraser Crane next to the mailman. You, you know, you, you have the, this, this place where it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your day job is. You're a person. So you can pull up a, a, a stool at the bar and you can order something cold from the bartender. There, there's this leveling thing. Conversation is the main activity. You talk about stuff. Maybe it's the internal working of the internal combustion engine, a la Cliff Clavin. Um, the, it's a place where talk is lively, stimulating, colorful, engaging. This is something that this guy, Ray Oldenburg, says is common of every third place. You go there to talk. You go there to, if you're more of an introvert, maybe it's more listening to other people talking or engaging one person at a time. But that's one of the main things that happens there. Accessible. Accommodating. These third places throughout history have been conveniently located. And it used to be that they were often within walking distance of one's home. But something started to happen post-World War II. All the GIs get back, and Richfield is created. The suburb is created. All this land, and you, you build just, tra- well, they were called track houses. You get tracks, you get streets. And there wasn't a whole lot of thought, plan, plan, thought. There wasn't a, they, they didn't think a lot uh, about what people would lose when you lose Main Street. People weren't thinking about what would happen when you get rid of some of these institutions. I still remember the first time I had a cup of coffee. I had a cup of coffee at a little place called Porky's. Porky was the the owner of the cafe in Alma Lund. It's a place where my grandpa went every morning. When he retired from farming and he met the other retired farmers. And I was there for a week, and I, I knew that Grandpa went into town every day with the same guys, same place. The waitress came over to the table. She already knew what everybody wanted, knew them by name, and I think I was probably the last one in the circle. Everybody else had ordered coffee and toast. So little five-year-old Greg asked for coffee and toast, and she looked at me like, what? It's like, I'm one of the guys, and this is what guys do at Porky's in Alma Lund on a summer Tuesday. I don't know what day of the week it was, but at the end, it was as much milk and sugar as it was actually coffee. But there was something about this place that, yes, my grandpa had to drive to it, but it was accessible. It was as accessible as anything else in his life. In third places, Ray found that there are regulars. 
they're re regulars like Leonard, my grandpa. Norm, Cliff, Sam, Dr. Fraser, Crane. Sam worked there, so he wasn't really a regular, thank you. Um, I can't think of any of the other regulars. Maybe that was it. Starbucks does this. If you go to the same Starbucks, what are you supposed to do as a barista, as a former barista? Uh, if they come in all the time, you're supposed to learn their name. Learn their name. And don't call them by their drink. Don't <laughs> call them by their drink. Oh, you're the, yeah. Hey, call my pet latte. But you're supposed to know what they drink, right? Oh, yeah. And they get... And then you see them in the store and you greet all of them and you don't introduce the right for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They they want regulars, and and Ray Oldenburg found that it's easy to recognize that many patrons and regulars come to an establishment, but it's not a not just an insider place. Newcomers are welcome. Starbucks would go out of business if the only people who went, well, probably not actually with how much some of the regulars go there. But the, the idea is I, I don't have to be a regular. It doesn't have to be my Starbucks. I could go to the Starbucks down the block um, and that, that's okay. One thing that was interesting in, in this, this study was that the buildings themselves had a low profile. These weren't the skyscrapers. These were simple physical structures, usually plain and un unimpressive. The mood was playful. Often in these sorts of places you have food, drink, games, conversation, and the mood is light and playful. The mood encourages people to stay longer and come back. And for a lot of people, this was a home away from home. When I was in college, I was working uh, my way, trying to pay for a Bethel education. I worked at a little place that's no longer there called Lido's. Really good family-owned Italian restaurant uh, where the K-Fan restaurant is just north of Rosedale. Is, is K-Fan not there anymore? I don't go that direction much anymore. Anyway, Lido's. One of my jobs was uh, working as a bartender. And every night, there were three people. Not always the same. There was a group of five who probably four, time, four days out of the week, they were there at some point. And for them, it was a home away from home. There's one guy uh, who used to come there with his wife, and now it was just him as a widower. There's another married couple. Um, there were some singles, but this was their home. This was their social group, and they they hung out at at, at the bar at Lido's. And in some ways, it was a little bit weird. It's like that's what you do. But the more I got to know it, I got to see it through this. And this was their home. This was their place of connection. They had jobs. They didn't particularly care a whole lot for their jobs. Um, wife didn't cook, 
And of course, that you know, for these people of this generation, that of course the guys did. You just know that that wasn't going to happen. Um, and so they would often eat, and some, not always, but sometimes. And this was their home away from home. Third places are important places in culture. So I'm going to ask you again, having heard some of these descriptions, can you think of any typical, uh, I put that in quotes, typical third places so that, that fit these criteria? Can you think of any places around home, whether it's in your neighborhood in St. Paul, Richfield, Bloomington, Coon Rapids, can you think of places like this that would fit the mold? VFW American Legion, absolutely. He does. He even has its own vernacular. It's not VW3. It's not Buffalo Wild. He does. Absolutely. Starbucks for me is still is still huge. I'm I'm amazed. Ish. Yeah. The, the times I've been in Starbucks and the two people in front of me and the two people behind me, the person ringing them up knows their name and knows what they want. There's part of me that wants that too. They wouldn't be able to know what I was going to drink because it's something different every time, but I still want to know if they know me. Any place else that you can think of? I'm like the hot really well. We have customers, we can do mafia and we can go to the mall. Wow. They walk in with exact change. Okay. And we just have it ready for them. Every day. Every day. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Oh, literally. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure. In a way, the gym that was at the Olympia. And it was for some. I didn't say it was everybody, but, you know. And so I, I would put the gym in, in this next category, an atypical third place. It is a third place. It's not home. It's, it's not work. But it's, it's a little bit different. It maybe wouldn't fit. Not necessarily easy, really accessible. It's, it's not a public place. You have to have a membership. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't fit some of those. But I would put that as an atypical. It's definitely still a third place. Thanks for sharing. Is that church? Maybe I, I would be surprised if, if they would 
a non-Christian would call their time at Starbucks, their church, or whatever, but definitely they would say, yeah, these are my people. Yeah, time to connect. Any other third place type places? Typical or atypical? Absolutely. Church. Um, two weekends ago, I, I did a wedding here in this building. Uh, it was really fun. Um, and the, the couple, uh, Brett and Haley, had their guests enter the big red door right on, on 50th. That's the way, if, you, if you've ever taken a tour of, of the building... Or if you remember when we were meeting upstairs, how uneasy it is to get to that part of the building from the back. Because when this church was built, people walked here. People didn't drive here. Uh, there, there may have been a streetcar, but they would walk from the streetcar. And people entered through that main door. And so the experience of actually coming in through that door was very different than having to wind your way through the labyrinth to get from the parking lot to the worship space. So churches tried to take the place of the third space. And I think in some, in some ways churches are the reason, are part of the reason that some of the other third places died away. Do you like the sound of a third place? Kathy, as an introvert, says, I don't know that I'd want to go. In, in, in what way? What would make it fun? What would make it be something that you didn't want? And, you know, the, for my time at Lido's, part of the reason that some of the guys were there <laughs> right. was so that they weren't at home. Right. We can make that clear for the record that Kurt Noyd, <laughs> this is going to be podcasted. Um, Kurt Noyd has said that he does like to be home. Kate, that's for you. Um, yeah. Carrie and I were talking about this too. Just the expense of it. Carrie and I are in a season of life where money is super, super tight. So even the idea of going to the same Starbucks every day or even once a week, that adds up. Back in the day, 
say is a simple run hub for the two of us. That, I mean, that was almost a third place. We, we were home. Grandma was watching the kids. We were grocery shopping, but it was like, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah. it was relaxing mm -hmm. in an odd way, but we were spending time together. Mm -hmm. And we saw that at Starbucks. It wasn't always it wasn't always just singles. Mm -hmm. You get couples in. Absolutely. Just we get half an hour to just shed all the problems and share a coffee and a little conversation. Do you, do you feel like you understand what I mean when I say third place? That makes sense. How is this related to the missional church? People like to be in community. Similar and to I think Jesus. cool, you know, like he was saying, he likes to be home. I like to be home because that's where my family is. Now, if there are times when, like, he's at work and they're gone, and I'm like, I need to go. Who can I? But of course, it has, who can I go somewhere with? Because I would never go to a place by myself, yes. being the introvert that I am. Yes. But I can see where other people who maybe weren't so introverted, they're home alone. They're going to find a place to connect with people. Mm -hmm. I think that. most common um, excuses I get from Christians, all of us and me included, of why we're not leading people to Jesus. I don't know enough Christians. This is one way to meet new people, to go to these sorts of places. So then, most of you are introverts. We've established that. So how could you as an introvert navigate, or even Jeannie, if you want to play along too, as an extrovert, how might you navigate this idea of a third place? Would you go? Kathy said she wouldn't go by herself, most likely. So how, how might you as introverts do it? Find a group. <laughs> no, I would say it doesn't, because at some point the the group will get too big for an introvert. Yes, yes. And it depends on, on your level of introversion. It might just be you and one other person. If you're kind of in the middle, more like me, you know, maybe a small, a small group of five to seven, or three, or three. Any other ways that? You as introverts could do this. I'm like not just an introvert, but like a 
Why did you talk to your neighbors? Is there any other reason why you talk to them? I'm going to try to put some words in your mouth. I think it's also related to this. That this is what we've been talking about. That we're saying that part of being a follower of Jesus is being willing to talk to people you don't yet know. And I know that that's something that you're growing in. And so I hope. It may not have been it at all, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, to me it sounds like you're growing in this and, and you want to be more open to the idea of other people speaking into other people's lives, allowing them to speak into yours. And to me, that sounds like Jesus. So that's something that I want to celebrate. Because for a hermit to talk over the fence, that's huge! And, and I, I, I'm not making light of it. I, I, I want to celebrate that. And that's, that's part of what I want us to do. Because this isn't easy. Carrie and I talked about this, uh, talked about the, the missional living homework, which I'll get to now. Uh, if you have a bulletin, it's on the back. Um, two parts. I would love for you this week to discover some of the third places in your neighborhood. Tip, I want you to find three typical, find three atypical. Um, and think, what would it... What would you have to do for this third place to become a daily or weekly rhythm in your life? So for an introvert, it might be, okay, who could I call up regularly to go with me? And, and actually have those people and say, you know what? Pastor's telling me I have to go to some place, so will you come with me? Because that's the second part. So first is identifying six, three typical, three atypical, at least. And then I want you to pick. At least one third place to enter into and spend at least an hour observing. Take note of conversations. Who's talking to whom? Uh, what do you notice about the people? What's, what's the vibe of the place? How does this third place bring life and vitality to the community? Where do you hear God at work in the conversation? How might you join what God is doing there? I did this uh, twice last week. I went to places that I don't usually go. I've been to both of these places before. One, one was McKenna's, where Chris Henderson works. And I was there at the end of, of, of their time. And I was there just watching people. And Chris Henderson is fantastic. She is as loving uh, and joy-filled and fun at work as she is here with us when she's been here. Um, and so it was really fun to see people interact with her. That was mainly, I, I was smiling on Chris, and she knows. Um, so, so 
there was that. And then I went to a Starbucks after that because McKenna was closed early. And it was really interesting. I was, I was at Starbucks at a bad time to be watching for regulars. I was around 3 to 4. Weird time of the day. Not a good commuter time. Whatever. But, so, but I still watched. And there were some people who were doing their own thing. I invite you to do that. Find some. And this is going to take time. And it would necessitate that you leave your house. But again, the people in your house already know Jesus. Okay? The people, there are people outside your house who don't. (laughs) And so eventually, I want you to be in relationship with those people who aren't yet walking with Jesus. And part of this is figuring out, okay, how can you meet someone? What does it look like? How do you like that assignment? Sometime this week. Yes. I just have to say to you that if you're afraid of the task or even somewhat daunting to spend an hour please by yourself, like you can do it at places like like for me, like I don't have a lot of time to go and sit somewhere, but like I go to Costco a lot, and some of it is because my husband works there, but some of it is because I shop there. And it is really easy, well, obviously I'm an extrovert, but to strike up conversation at the grocery store or at the grocery place because you see people, the same people working there all the time. And just like what you guys are saying, when you go to cousins and stuff like that, like that can be a service place. And just observing the way the workers are there. You know, it, it's amazing to me after three years of shopping there, how one of the workers there, who's a girl, calls and says, hey, can we hang out sometime, you know? And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, like, (laughs) and then I'm like, well, wait. You know, but at the same time, it's like to think that Costco could be a business. I don't know. Yeah, be creative. And you don't... Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, it, it's there is a Starbucks there too, so that's the one way to stretch it. You don't have to go alone. Bring someone with you. But part of it is knowing that God wants to use you throughout the community, the places where you already go. Yeah. Next week when we gather, I'll ask you these questions. What'd you do? How'd it go? And then we'll also talk about the series. Uh, We'll spend some extra time in prayer uh, and some time in worship. And we'll talk about where we're going next, what things look like. So next week, um, dinner is we're going to order out Chinese food. So that that one, it'll be helpful to know ahead of time if you're going to be able to join us. Um, So we'll do takeout or order in Chinese, we'll have worship with a little bit more singing, a little bit more prayer, less talking from me, more talking from you, uh, and then game that afterwards. So it should be fun. Any other comments or questions about third places? All right. Then I would invite you to stand as you are able and to both give and receive the blessing.
gee, this might be different from the last time you were with us. I no longer am the only person who gives the blessing. We all give. So I invite you to recite it or to read it uh, and bless each other as we go. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Have a great week. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.